today I, uh, is going to be a, um, we're starting, uh, this, I guess you could kind of call it a series, a series of sermons and events. It's going to be about the family, and today I'm going to be talking to you about uh, raising a kingdom family. So I'm starting that today, talking about raising a kingdom family today. And uh, next Sunday, August the 25th, uh, Brady and Jacqueline Smith, they are going to be sharing their story about when they got a diagnosis on their newborn baby that kind of shook their family's faith. And we're going to be talking, and it's going to be kind of an interview moment where we are talking with them about what, uh, how they handled the situation and how they made it through uh, this and how their faith was on a true journey. So they're going to be sharing that uh, about their family next Sunday. And then on September the 1st, uh, we are having a Legacy Family Fellowship at Ridge Ferry Park, and we're inviting everyone there. This is not a community outreach. This is not for the city of Rome. This is for us. Uh, we've got a lot of things planned for you to, that day. We would love for you and your family to be there fellowshipping with us. This would be a great time for you to meet new families uh, and uh, just join in on the fun that's going to happen. You can join in by going online and clicking um, uh, Legacy Sunday. Labor Sunday, there we go, Labor Sunday, and you can RSVP there, it'll help us know. The church, uh, the church is supplying the chicken, somebody say chicken. The church has got the chicken and all the drinks and the paper products, we just need you to bring some side dishes, and you can select your side dish right there online that you're going to be bringing. So it's real easy, but we would love to have you do it. So as soon as you can, go online there and be sure you register for that. That's September the 1st with the Legacy family, and then September the 8th, it's Vision Day where we're talking about the future of Legacy Church, the Legacy family. And I really want you to be here on September the 8th as we talk about the vision and the future of Legacy Church and the Legacy family. We've got some really exciting things coming up, and I want you to be a part of that. That day will not be on podcast, okay? So if you want to know what's happening, you got to be here that day, September the 8th, for Vision Day. So be sure that you are here for that. And then September the 14th, continuing with... Uh, uh, focusing on the family this month is uh, our legacy track. If you want to know more about the church, how to become involved, you want to be part of a ministry, you just maybe want to know some background of the church, and you, you may just want to know our beliefs, that is the moment for you. So you can also register online for that. Just click on legacy track and you will be there. Today I am starting in Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, Nehemiah chapter 4. If you're having problems finding Nehemiah chapter 4, it's right after Nehemiah chapter 3. Nehemiah chapter 4 this morning, talking about raising a kingdom family. Raising a kingdom family today. In a couple of weeks, we have uh, 24 ladies. 24 ladies that are going to Women of Fire, and uh, I am so glad that y'all are going, a little jealous that y'all are going, wish I could be there, but it's going to be a great time, and Sarah will be meeting with you all right after service right here, so if you're going, she has some important information for you there, so if you're going, be sure you meet with Sarah right after service. Nehemiah chapter 4, beginning in verse 10, I'll be reading through verse 15 today. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said that the strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemy said, before you know it, 
or see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived there near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families. Hmm. And they, had, they were posted by families with their swords, spears, and bows. And after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families. He says, and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot, and that God had frustrated their plan, we all return to the wall, each to our own work. Let us pray today. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, O oh God, for your presence that has been in this place today. God, isn't it amazing as I stand back and I am looking on that stage filled with young families and filled with the future of Legacy Church. That is what we are about today, reaching generations. And I thank you, God, that your word and that your vision that you gave to me years ago is now being fulfilled. And I thank you for that. I thank you for your faithfulness, O oh God. You are good to us today. And I pray that today that this word touches a husband and a wife. It touches families, God. I pray that it takes root in someone's home today, oh God. And I pray, God, that each and every family that is represented here today will start to become a kingdom family for you, oh God. And it's in your name that we pray and it's in your name that we ask these things. Amen and amen. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 4. If you notice, the family was the first organization, the first unit, really, that God established in the very beginning of time, in the very beginning of Genesis. We see that he is going throughout the land, and he is creating. He's speaking things into life. He says, let there be light, and there was. He's creating stars, the sun, the moon. He's creating day and night. He's creating all these things, but really the first organization, so to speak, that he creates is the family. And the birth of the family was great because the birth of the family led to even greater things. The birth of the first family led to the birth of nations. And then the birth of nations led to churches. And then the birth of the church, they, are, they were and they are continuing leading to the populating of heaven, to the kingdom of God. And it's our the church's plan and the kingdom's plan to empty out hell today. Amen? That is our plan. That's why we were here, to populate heaven, to grow the kingdom, and to rescue people from the pits of hell. In other words, if you follow this sequence of steps that I just mentioned to you, family, nations, churches, kingdom, you will find that God created the unit that we call family with the kingdom in mind. Isn't that interesting? That God created the family, something so basic at the beginning of time. But whenever he created the family, he had the kingdom of God in mind. When your family was created, when you joined together with your spouse in marriage, God joined you two together as a covenant. And he did that with the kingdom in mind. 
This is why the wedding vows are so important. It is a covenant with God. It is a covenant with each other. And it is a covenant with the kingdom. Uh, just make note of this. You don't have to turn there. But Genesis 1.28. This is the first time in scripture that is being recorded when God is speaking to man. When God is speaking to the human being. And he looks at man. And he says, God bless them, Adam and Eve, and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. The first word that he gave to man was be fruitful and multiply. He said, hey, go create a family, would you? Because why? Because it's part of my plan. It is part of my kingdom plan is I am using you to reach people. I am using your, your family to build a kingdom of God. And then he says, whenever you do that, guess what? Take authority over that that I have put under you. Take authority over your home. Uh, take dominion over your home. Do not allow anything into your home that does not need to be there. Wow, isn't that big? That's some of the first words that God is speaking to the human being. He says, be fruitful and multiply and now take authority over this thing that I have given you. So why does it feel that the devil is after your family all of the time. Why does it feel like whenever you pray for the salvation of your children, but sometimes it just feels like those prayers don't even make it out of the room? Why does it seem that your marriage cannot progress? Why do you keep praying for your spouse that has no relationship with God, but you do not see the results yet? Why do you keep doing that? Why does it often seem like homes are wrapped up in chains? Why are so many agendas being discussed on political levels and on the television and being voted on that are against the God-ordained structure of the family because the family is on the top of the devil's priority list. Why? Because he knows that if he can break down the family, he can interrupt the growth of the kingdom. Look at your neighbor and just say, congratulations, you're on top of the devil's list. Isn't that, isn't that comforting? Your family is on top of the devil's list. The question is, if your family is a top priority of the devil's, how much more should your family be a priority for you? Mm. If your family is on top priority of the devil's list, how much more should a, your family be your top priority? In the Old Testament, there was this couple named Ahab and Jezebel. Everybody has heard of Jezebel because she painted her face. She, oh yeah, she wore that makeup. That was not her only issue. That was not the problem that she had. No matter what the old school people may tell you, that was not her biggest issue was makeup, okay? Ahab and Jezebel, you want to know another issue that she had? Between them, they had 70 children. You'd be a Jezebel too with, with 70 children. <laughs> 70 children. They were not living a life for our God. 
This family was not. They were actually worshipers of this false idol, this false prophet named Baal. And the word tells us that they brought Baal, a false god, into their home as they were raising their offspring to also worship Baal. They brought this right into their home. But listen what happens. This is a gruesome story. The word says in 2 Kings chapter 10, just jot that down, that when judgment came upon their house, an army came in and decapitated all of their offspring. Hmm. Gruesome. But also in the Old Testament, you see a gentleman by the name of Obed-Edom. His wife is not mentioned. Obed is here. And when comparing his story to the story of Ahab and Jezebel, about the only similar detail was that he had 62 children and grandchildren. Yeah, wow. 62. 62. Obed-Edom. He was a busy guy. And But the big difference in these two stories um, is that Obed-Edom did not bring Baal into his home. But the scripture says in 2 Samuel 6, 611, it tells us what he did. While the Ark of the Covenant was being transported from the temple to its new location, if you remember this passage of scripture, they would walk a few steps and David would dance. They would walk and David would dance. And the Ark of the Covenant is before them. The Ark of the Covenant is symbolic of the Spirit of God. What is for us today as the Holy Spirit, it is where his presence would dwell. No one could touch this Ark. When people would touch the Ark, they would be struck down. It was part of the process. But all, when, 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 during the process of moving the ark to its next location, 2 Samuel 6.11 says that the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And because he allowed the presence of God into his home, the same scripture says that the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his entire household. Isn't that a amazing. If you want the blessings of the Lord, I would encourage you just to let the presence of God dwell in your home. Later in scripture, it says that his sons were given the honor because he allowed the presence of God into his home. Scripture says that his kids, that his sons were given the honor of overseeing the storehouse. The storehouse was the place where the harvest was stored. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because a man chose to allow the presence of God into his home instead of allowing outside influences like Baal into his home, generations were being blessed. His children were in charge of the harvest. I don't know about you, but I think that would be be one of the greatest honors that any family could ever have is whenever you look at your kids and they are reaping a harvest for the Lord. He says, I'm going to bless you and I am putting your family in charge of the harvest. See, we have allowed Hollywood into our homes. We are allowing media to raise our kids. We are allowing technology to distract intimate times with our spouse. We are letting our phones read the scripture of the day to us because we just don't have the time anymore. We walk into our homes 
and we take off the garments of praise that we put on in church that Sunday and we would and we replace the garments of praise with garments of the housewives of Atlanta and the bachelor Ed and all of your Netflix and chill moments and before we know it we have just like we have been just like oh Ahab and Jezebel we have moved Bell into our home and we have moved the ark of the presence of God to the curb and what did God tell Adam and Eve be fruitful and multiply and do what whenever you multiply be sure you take authority over it and now that Bell is in your home you have lost the authority of the thing that God wants to use for you to build the kingdom your family mm. but today we are fighting for our homes I said today we as a church are fighting for our families. I need a few more people. I said that today, we as a church, we are fighting for our families. We are fighting for our families. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Don't even get me started on rapping again because, devil, you've got to move out of the way of our homes. You've got to move out of our living rooms. You've got to move. You're not touching my family. This is a kingdom family. My kids are reaping a harvest. They're in charge of the storehouse. We're talking about authority over our homes today. We are moving the presence of God into the living room where he can dwell amongst us. We are dusting off the Ark of the Covenant and making way for something new in our homes. Out with the bell and in with the Holy Spirit. Devil, you must. You may form a weapon against me, but it shall not prosper against my family. Why? Because I'm fighting for my family. My family shall be a kingdom family. Somebody say that. My family shall be a kingdom family. And in order for that to happen, you have got to be a fighter. You've got to fight. In our text today, Nehemiah told the people, fight for your family. Fight for them. He says, fight for your spouse. Fight for your children. You may not even have children yet, but if you're married, you are a family. He says, fight for your family. Let's take a look at Nehemiah's organizational strategy, shall we? As he makes plans to build the wall back. For starters, just as a little history here, I can't go too deep because of time, but the wall had been torn down around Jerusalem. Bits of it had been damaged. The word says that even the gates, the north, south, east, and western gates, they had all been burned. They had all just been melted down. This is the same wall that they rebuilt. That wall that they rebuilt, is the same wall that you will see pictures of, of Jewish people at the Wailing Wall. They are lining around this wall. The wall is still standing. It is the same wall that you see people praying over around the clock in Jerusalem. He has received the word from God to rebuild this wall that the enemies have damaged. Take special note of his plan for carrying out the process. The people came to him and said, it's just too much. Everyone is tired. And in verse 13 of that chapter 4, he says, therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, and I posted them by families. Hmm. Interesting. Powerful. That he started using families 
to carry out the work of God. He said, and with the families, they all were equipped with swords, spears, and bows. And then he said, I told them, do not be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families. Nehemiah's strategy revolved around the family unit. He had families grouped together guarding the wall. They were literally watchmen on the wall. He believed in the power of the family. Once all the troops said we can't do it, he went out and started stationing families along the wall. Why? Because he understood the power of a family. He understood the power of having a family that is equipped. They were not only equipped, but they were they were families that were on a mission. They were kingdom minded. It was their goal to go to that wall with the kingdom in mind and carry out the work of God. You know they were fulfilling their purpose. The reason that they were created and the reason that they were joined together as a family. But let's take a moment and look at the families that he had chosen and how they were equipped to fight. The word says that they were grouped together as families and they had swords, they had spears, and they had bows. As we look at those equipped, what they were equipped with, as we look at their equipment and their tools and their weapons, what does that mean for our families today? How do we develop families into kingdom families? Number one, I want you to write this down. Number one, the word says that they had swords. They had swords. It was the first thing that is mentioned that they were equipped with. A sword is symbolic of the word of God. It is a part of the full armor that is listed that is listed in Ephesians. Read that sometime. Not only is it a part of the armor of God, but it is also the only offensive item of the armor. Isn't that interesting? That's how much power the word of God has. It can go places that nothing else can go. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good. Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. When you are becoming a kingdom family, the word starts to become your roadmap. The word brings correction. The word brings life. The word will bring character and morals to the home. The word removes things that have no business in your home. Spiritually, listen, spiritually, you cannot fight for your family unless you are in the word of God. You cannot fight for your family if you are not in the word of God. And I am telling you as a pastor today, you have to be in the word of God. If you are not in the word of God, if the word of God is not in your home, Baal will start to creep into your home. That is how powerful the word is. Get the word of God into your home and watch your family begin to grow into a kingdom family. He also says the second thing, not only were they equipped with swords, but it says that these these kingdom-minded people, they were also equipped with spears. Hmm. Spears 
are a cousin to swords. The tip of the spear is designed as a small sword. It is designed to take the shape and have the same degree of sharpness as a sword. But while the sword is designed to attack things that are at arm's length, the spear is designed to be thrown. So, and since its similarities with the sword or the word of God, in other words, the spear is like the word of God being thrown. In other words, the spear is like the word of God in action. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Kingdom families must be the word of God in action. One of the greatest things that you can do to lead your family is, is be the word of God in action. And what that means is to serve. Yeah, serve. It's not always pretty. It's not always fun. Sometimes you'll be the first one there and the last one to leave. But it's the word of God in action. He's calling families, serve. Humans are receiving information around the clock, but they are not seeing much in action. Faith without action is dead. But whenever the word unites with your action or the sword meets the spear, the devil gets scared because he knows that a family that serves together also reaps a harvest together. A family that serves together will reap a harvest together. And when building a family that desires to advance the kingdom, you must have a spear. You must be the word of God in action. You must Serve. Hmm. Serving is never really a big shouting topic. Because sometimes it's really not that fun. But Jesus Christ served you when he hung on the cross. And that wasn't fun either. How much more if he served us while he was hanging on the cross? How much more should we as entire families be serving the Lord? He is calling families in the United States of America. Get yourself together. You are letting every person speak to you. You are allowing the media to tell you what your family should be. You are allowing the media to tell you what is right and what is wrong. You are allowing everybody else to tell you what to do with your time. God is saying, be a kingdom family get in the word and serve be the word in action be the word in action today and the third weapon that he is equipping us with he says that they all had a bow they all had a bow a bow is designed to launch arrows at a designated target. A bow without a target really has no purpose. So a question that I have for you and your family today, what are you launching and what is your target? What are you launching and what is your target? What are you trying to achieve with your family? Is the kingdom on that list? Hmm. I know you think your child is going to be a pro. I know they're awesome. 
I know they're the smartest person in their class. I know they're going to be a valedictorian. I know your daughter's going to be Miss America, probably Miss Universe. I get it. But is the kingdom of God on the list that your family is trying to achieve? Because if it is not, your priorities are allowing Baal to creep in to an organization that God has ordained for the kingdom of God. An important thing to understand about the bow, I was going to do something really freaky and have somebody in here shoot a bow, but I thought some of you would freak out on me. I thought it'd be so cool if they're up there, you know, and issues down here, that'd be awesome. There's this thing called insurance, and I just didn't want to deal with it. An important thing to understand about a bow is that the speed, listen, that the speed of the arrow that's being released and the longevity that it will fly, the longevity of the bow that is launching the arrow is based on the amount of resistance that the bow is set for. Mm. Isn't that amazing? How many of you have ever had resistance in your family? Don't raise your hand. Because I don't want you to lie in church. Because if you didn't raise your hand, you would be lying. We've all had resistance. In other words, the amount of pounds, the amount of tension or resistance that the archer is pulling back will determine how far that arrow is about to fly. It will determine the impact that that arrow will have when it strikes its target. If I'm just pulling back five pounds and somebody else is pulling back 150 pounds, the 150-pound tension, poundage that they're pulling back, guess what? It is going to go so much further than my little five pounds. The tension will determine how far it will fly and the impact, how hard it will hit the target. The bow that he is equipping you with, it cannot reach its full potential until someone exerts some strength, until someone stretches, until someone gets in a position that's really not that natural, until someone makes it past the tension. Well, what am I supposed to be launching, you say? This is crazy. What do you want me to launch, okay? Here are some things you need to be launching on a daily basis. You need to be launching big and bold prayers. You need to be launching some prayers that seem impossible. You need to be launching. You need, you will get to that point and think, oh, that's so stupid. That, I, I ain't asking for that. And then you get to that point and you realize your faith is coming in. And when your faith 
gets past the resistance and you start asking for bold things, it really scares the devil. If you want to scare the devil, start asking for some really big things. Start declaring big things over your life. I launch prayers every day that do not match our current church budget. Our current church budget would squirm. It gets scared when it hears my prayers. Why? Because my faith is so much bigger than a budget. And one day we will see it come to. Why? Because we are launching bold prayers. Launch big, bold, impossible prayers. Two, you need to be launching declarations over your family. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, the word says. The, word is, the world is declaring things over your children. The world is declaring you're going to be this, you're going to be that. You're going to look like that, you're going to dress like that, you're going to turn out this way. The world is declaring when you get this old, this is going to happen to you. The world is declaring all of these things that is not part of the kingdom plan. You as a mother and a father, you have to be launching declarations over your home. Tell the devil to take his hands off of your children. Tell the devil to get out of your house. Tell the sickness to leave. Bind those things up. If you bind it on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. But if you loose it on earth, it shall be loosed in heaven today. Tell the devil to go back where he came from and leave your family alone. Make a declaration over your family. A kingdom family. And this is one of the most difficult things for families to do. You need to be launching your finances toward the kingdom. Wow. Wow. Money. We hate to hear preachers talk about it. We hate it to even ask for it. But money was the topic that Jesus talked about the most. Why? Because it is a kingdom principle of sowing and reaping. He knew that finances was going to be a lot of the center of your marriage problems. Yep. He knew your shopping addiction was going to get on your husband's nerves. He knew, husbands, your little fetish of buying these little toys and all these things was going to get on your wife's nerves. He knew that it was a kingdom principle. And he knew that finances control so much of, of us. It controls our emotions. Have you ever looked at your bank account and you had negative? You don't start shouting. You're like, oh my God, this is horrible. This is a horrible day. And the rest of your day feels horrible. And Because he knew that us as human beings, that's what we're going off of. He knew it. If you want, if you want to know who you really serve, look at your calendar and look at your bank statement. A family that sows together, reaps together. If you want to know what's in your home, just look at your calendar and look at your bank statement. And you need to be long, and you have got to understand that a family that sows together will reap together. Give it to him. Launch it. When you look at your calendar, when you look at your checking account, where is the kingdom? There. Launch it. Him. 
And the last thing I'm telling you about to launch today is you need to be launching your children toward the cross. Launch your children every day toward the cross. The Bible compares children to arrows in the hands of a warrior. He is launching them toward the cross. It will not be easy raising kids in this day and time. It is not easy. It is not a piece of cake. They are up, so, they are up against so many things, and it's such easy access these days. You will find such tension that the devil will tell you, stop even trying to pull it back. Stop trying to launch them to church. Stop trying to get them there. Stop doing that. But no, you've got to every day and everything you have, keep pulling and keep launching them to the cross. And this step right here, the bow step, the tension, this, this step right here is where a lot of families stop because of the tension. This this step right here, the bow stage, is where a lot of marriages fail because of resistance. This is where a lot of families just decide, well, I'm going to church and I'll, I'm going to be a Christian, but my home, it's not going to be one that reflects the kingdom because it's just, it's just too, it's just too difficult to get it there. But you've got to remember the bow. The greater the resistance, the greater the distance it's about to fly. The greater the tension, the harder it will the harder it will strike the target. You've got to understand something. Whenever it feels hard, you've got to know that God's plan for it is even greater. Whenever it feels like you can't do it, God's plan for it is even greater. Whenever you feel like you can't go the distance, it's just too hard. God's distance for you is even greater today. God wants you to release Release, launch these things to him. There will be frustrations. There will be resistance. There will be temper tantrums in public. There will be times, single mom, when that 16-year-old says to you, I want to go live with my father. You know the father that has not paid child support in 16 years, and it will crush you. But I encourage you today, single parent, just keep launching. It will not be easy. Keep pulling them back and releasing them to the cross. Release your prayers. Release your words. Release your finances. Release your children to the cross. And when you do you God it says that when as 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 he says as you fight for your family that word says I will fight for you wow so I tell you today get your sword out I tell you today get your spear in your hand and I tell you today pull back your bow and launch your family toward the kingdom today stand up with me th today launching the kingdom launching toward the kingdom God today it's our prayer that every family whether it's you may be here and all your kids may be out of the house. You may be here and you have no children. You may be here and you have multiple children. No matter what the situation, you are a family today. And your family is a top priority of the devil today. That should wake you up. That should wake you up to, under, to know 
that you're on top of the devil's list. Why does he want to destroy your family? Because he wants to destroy the kingdom of God. And he realizes that families gave birth to nations. Nations gave birth to churches. And churches are giving birth to the kingdom. And you follow that line. He realizes that it all starts with the family. And that that is the first unit that God created. It was the first unit that God ordained. It was the first unit that God spoke a command to. Be fruitful and multiply and take authority over it. And he realizes these things. And the devil is out to get your family that's why today you've got to get your sword in hand. You've got to get your spear ready to throw. You've got to be in action for God. And you've got to have your bow ready to pull back. No matter how much resistance from your family, no matter how much resistance from your world, you've got to stand for morals. You've got to stand for the word. It's not popular in today's time. Standing for what is right. Just look at the news. But you've got to keep pulling back and releasing toward the kingdom. Today, I want to close in prayer as we begin to sing this song. I want to close in prayer over families today. Husbands and wives, families that say, I am making a decision today. I want my family to be a kingdom family. I want my children to reap goodness because I made a conscious decision to take in the ark, to take in the Holy Spirit into my house. I want my children to be in charge of the storehouse. I want my kids to be, in, to be one that's out there with the harvest that's pulling them in. I want to have a sword in one hand. I want to be releasing a spear in the other hand. And I want to be launching things toward the kingdom, my family, every day. If that's you, as we sing today, I just want you to come on and make a way out. Come on. Come on, families. Come on, families. We need families today. Families today. Families today. Come on. Come on, families. Come on, families. I just want to be with you. Come on, let's sing this out this morning. I just want to be with you. say you have no idea what's going on in my family right now. You have no idea how messed up my family is right now. If you just knew what went, went on in my house before I came to church today. You have no idea what was going on in my house last week. You, you may say my friends would just die if they knew. If my friends knew what was going on in my home, they would just die. If my friends knew what was happening in my family right now, they would die. Well, listen here, my friend. Your friends, your friends may die because of it, but 
Jesus Christ has already died for it. And guess what? Your messed up family, your dysfunctional family, guess what is the perfect place for a miracle in God's name today? So today we're going to pray for each and every family today. We are releasing prayers over these family today's God. God, I pray, God, that each and every husband, Lord, that they walk in your word today. God, if they are doing something that they should not, God, God, your word says that, it, that your word brings correction, God. Bring correction through your word and through your spirit today for these men of God. God, I pray, God, that you raise up deadbeat fathers are no more in our families, oh God. Raise them up today, God. Let them be men of the Spirit. Let them be like the warriors, the releasing releasing arrows today, oh God. God, I pray, God, for these men, God, that you would use them to be that the head of the house that you created them to be, oh God. God, I pray, God, that you put a sword in their hand, that you allow them to be the Word of God in action, oh God. God, and I pray, God, that you allow them to pull back resistance when they are feeling the resistance Distance, God. Allow them, God, to release it toward the kingdom, God. God, I'm praying for moms in this place today. Each and every mother, God. I'm praying, God, for women warriors in this house today, God. Women warriors, God. Many have been carrying a load by themselves, God. But there's about to be a husband that rises up and carries spiritual loads with them, God. God, I am praying right now for these mothers, God. I am praying for the single mother. I am praying for the mother who are dealing with stepdads and all of these things, God. God, equip them, God. Equip them with patience. Equip them, God, with joy. That whenever they can't see it, God, remind them that you are working on their behalf, oh God. Raise them up, Lord, to be women of the word. Raise them up to be women warriors. Raise them up to be prayer warriors, oh God. God, I pray, God, that they are launching words of victory over their house today. I pray that you would put them in positions to serve today, God. God, I'm praying, God, for our children, God. Bring our children home. Bring our wayward children home today, God. We have raised them in a home that know the word, and they have, it's like they have turned from it, but the word will not leave them. Your, your word tells us today that God, I pray God that you wake children up, lost children up from their slumber today. Bring them into the house of the Lord today. Wake up a generation of children. Uh, let them see how, how much they need you. Let them see that they need your presence. Let them see that they need your spirit today. God, I praying for kingdom families, families that are standing on the wall families that are standing there they are marking their territory when they see the enemy come they draw back and release it to them the enemy shall not come near our tent it shall not come near our wall it shall not come near our families today oh god i make it a declaration over legacy families today whatever the enemy is trying to do we are destroying his plans today we are canceling out the assignment of the enemy over our homes and over our families, over our marriages, God. Raise up kingdom families in this church, God. Kingdom families that know that when you put them together, it was not just for a romance, but it was for the kingdom to advance, oh God. I thank you for everything you are doing in this place, and we are declaring families to come find you. May this church be open to young and old families, God who are after you, who are ready to impact the kingdom. God, we magnify you today.